I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerged from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, we travel to the remote regions of the Canadian Arctic and discover the stories and worldview of the indigenous Inuit people and what their connection to nature teaches us about travel. Of the east coast of Ellesmere Island in the Canadian territory of Nunavut lies the Skreling Island. 800 years ago, it was seasonally occupied by a Paleo Eskimo people known today as Tule. No one knows what they call the island. No one lives on Skreling now. Skreling Island is an extensive archaeological site which has yielded a wealth of artifacts from small tool cultures dating from 4500 BC. In January 2022, a 47-year-old Canadian singer Tanya Tagak released her album Tongues. Tanya's music has been recognized widely in Canada. She is a member of the Order of Canada, a winner of the Polaris Music Prize and Juno Award, and recipient of multiple honorary doctorates. Tongues was her sixth album and went on to garner rave reviews from the who's who of music. The Rolling Stone called her one of the avant-garde's most dynamic performers. The Pitchfork said that her music joins landscape, culture and resistance. Music joining landscape and resistance because the album Tongues addressed the subjugation of Canada's indigenous people. The album's eponymous single, she said, is about language loss, a cultural theft enacted through this country's so-called residential schools. And Tanya would know, she belongs to the group of indigenous people known as the Inuit, whose ancestors were the Tule people, those who had inhabited the Skreling Island. She grew up in Nunavut, Canada, a place so remote and sparsely populated that one would find only two people per hundred square kilometers. Though she did have companions of a slightly different kind. There were some close calls, she said. I remember opening my bedroom window and there was a huge polar bear very close. I could smell it and it was gnawing on a seal skin that it had dragged right underneath my window. Inuit hunters in Nunavut today see that the polar bear, Nanuk, is one of the most like us. Inuit hunters in Nanuvut today say that the polar bear Nanak is the one most like us. A polar bear stands erect like a person. They still hunt seals, a technique that requires terrific patience. They construct snow houses for shelter and for birding. They move seasonally as the Inuit people did in the olden days. Polar bears are considered the most skilled of hunters and the most intelligent of all animals. The bear is symbolically complex for Inuit people. seen as a mediator between the sea and the land as the one who moves easily between the human and non-human world inuit dead are given water removed from the body of a bear if it's available to help them on their journey in his book horizons author barry lopez describes his experience of a few weeks walking with the inuit people 
sticky notes. If my companions and I, hiking the taiga, encountered a grizzly bear feeding on a caribou carcass, I would tend to focus almost entirely on the bear. My companions would focus on the part of the world in which the bear is only a fragment. The bear in this case might be compared with a bonfire, a kind of incandescence that throws light on everything around it. My companions would glance off into the outer reaches of that light, then look back at the fire, back and forth. They would repeatedly situate the smaller thing within the larger thing, back and forth. As they noticed trace odors in the air or listened for bird song or the sound of the brittle brush rattling, they extended the moment of encounter with the bear backwards and forward in time. Their method was not just about the encounter with the bear, but also the time before we arrived and the time after we left. For me, the bear was a noun. For them, it was a verb. What do we make of the idea, the bear is not a noun but a verb? How does our perception of our surroundings change the way we live? How would we navigate the ideas of space and time, of which we are acutely aware and yet completely oblivious? What if I told you that the way the Inuit keep time is completely different from the way you and I do? Because the Inuit use the moon to keep track of the calendar year, counting 13 moon months. Each month is named for a predictable seasonal characteristic, mostly related to animal behavior, which coincides with a particular moon. So for example, one month is called the nesting of eater ducks, while another is called the birth of seal pups. The moon month during the polar night is referred to as Tauyak or the great darkness. Polar bears, eater ducks, seal pups. Do we notice how the Inuit people define their world to the animals around them? In fact, their most respected animal, the dog, acts as a mediator between animals and human beings in the spiritual world. The dog is the only domesticated animal for the Inuit. It is also the only animal that has a name and thus cultural identity. Therefore, the dog could mediate in the transition from nature to culture. The mediation and transition between nature and culture is not just folklore and legend. The singer and songwriter Tanya Tagak practices a very specific kind of music, Inuit throat singing. Throat singing involves taking deep, heavy breaths, which create a very unique sound. It's the imitation of sounds that we hear around us, like animals and tools of nature. For example, in a performance entitled Cleaning, the performers mimic the sound of a dog sled being cleaned. Another song, called Dog and Wolf is simply the words Dog and Wolf in Inuktitut, said over and over again. As the modern world marches on, worldwide indigenous people are being displaced from their lands and their culture is getting erased. The Inuit people inhabiting a world of no trees build their entire worldview around animals and birds. Each settlement of Inuits have a Isumatak, a storyteller who creates the atmosphere in which wisdom reveals itself. What could the Isumatak teach us? The Isumatak would tell us the story of the ivory cull. When seagulls crowd a gut pile on the sea ice, left there by polar bears or Inuit hunters, 
it's the larger girls that monopolize the offal muscling each other aside the smaller ivory girl tends to stand on the perimeter of the action darting to snatch something when there is an opening maybe that is how we should travel observe closely on the perimeter and dart in to interact and then step back again to observe there is greater joy in listening and stillness than there is in constant movement if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are at ivm podcasts on twitter and instagram if you want to reach out to me i am putsav memory on twitter and yvtravel42 on instagram 